Jason Spare Family Fun Center Studios. Happy New Year. 2024 is here. It's the Greg Pogan, John Burton Show. Now, Greg is out today. We'll get into more of that. He's not feeling well. He, sh- he should be fine. Spoke to him this morning. I got a f- funny story about that. Uh, so it's John Burton, Patton Cook, inside the Strike and Spare Family Fun Center Studios. Patton, good morning. Happy New Year, my friend. How are you? Doing good. Happy New Year to you, John. Uh, you've been living it up, I, I understand, Ugh. this weekend, but uh, it is good to be with you this uh, morning. You know what? I'll just be honest. I'm coming off a four-day bender, and uh, <laughs> I need to, uh, oh, man, I, uh, I, need, I, need to, I need to calm down a little bit. Again, Greg, not, Greg out today. We'll talk about more, talk about that more, but first... Uh, the college football playoff, two games yesterday, two exciting games, two very interesting games. Michigan wins and Washington wins. And here to help us talk about it, he just did three hours <laughs> talking college football and talking about these games, but he's uh, kind enough to give us a few more minutes. Bill King from the Bill King uh, Show joins us. Billy, good morning. Happy New Year. Thanks for doing this. Happy New Year, sir. Appreciate it. Yeah, great to talk with you. All right, well, let's start with Michigan-Alabama. You know, when when these pairings were announced, Billy, and you saw the reaction from Michigan that they had to play Alabama, there, you know, there was a lot of slumped shoulders and a lot of, oh, no, are you serious? So for that reason, I thought, wow, Alabama's in Michigan's head. And I kind of liked Alabama to win rather comfortably. But, man, the physical, the physicality from Michigan on both sides of the ball, defensively getting after Milroe, offensively being able to run the football when they had to. I was very impressed by what the Wolverines did. Pretty early in that game, line of scrimmage, Michigan, no doubt. And and I wasn't surprised that they were competitive, but they were the better group both ways on the lines of scrimmage. And I thought Tommy Reese actually did a good job of trying to in-game fix areas where they could be successful, and he did it. Uh, they had a lead. They had the lead with four minutes to go in the ball game, mm-hmm. and, and needed, needed to stop there. But yeah, it was the physicality of that Michigan team—a very well coached game by their defensive coordinator Jesse Mentor as well. What did you think of that uh, that fourth and goal call, um, uh, Milro with the draw? It looked like he tripped over his own lineman, but he wasn't going to get there anyway. Had that not uh, had that not happened, and boy, Michigan had that play well scouted. It seemed like. It was coming off two timeouts, one each team. Mm. And I can see, we've talked about it, this Alabama team, by their standards, is not a real explosive team. Uh, Receivers, nobody really stands out there. Running backs are solid, but there's not a great running back in there. Your best weapon is the quarterback with his hands on the ball in the running game, right? So I understand the thinking. There's a theory that goes like this, and I was taught this about a hundred years ago. Think players when you're down on the goal line area inside the ten. Think players, not plays. Right? Yep. Think players, not plays, and that's what they were doing. It was ill fated. Now, if you go back and watch it, there was a lineman pulling to the left. And that's where the play was and probably could have scored from there, but that wasn't his read and he got blown up. And unfortunately that means you get in the car and go home. Uh, We're talking with Bill King from the Bill King show. Um, Bill to that end. I mean, you talked about Tommy Reese and the game plan and all that. It didn't seem like 
they allowed Milrow to really try to push the ball downfield. Is, am, am I reading that right? What did you see? Yes. Now, now what they did after they were sputtering in the first half, late in the half, they did try to send a message by throwing it deep, mm-hmm. knowing it probably wouldn't be successful just to loosen them up because they were getting killed in the trenches yeah. and they were getting killed in everything they were trying to do, whether it was a short passing game or the running game. That did loosen them up. They just don't have playmakers at receiver like those teams that we're used to having where, you know, Jamison Williams comes in and transfers from Ohio State immediately as a star. Right. Uh, Devontae Smith is just a superstar from his freshman year on. They just don't have players like that. Now, not that you're going to get a guy like that every year, but they're just not real explosive down the field in a game like that, and I think Michigan felt that early. Yeah. And, and the other thing is it, it was obvious that Michigan, the game plan was if, if you're going to beat us, Milro needs to beat us in the passing game, and that's right. where your odds are at their best. No question. Last question about this game. You mentioned it. Alabama did have the lead with four minutes to go. How yeah. about how about J.J. McCarthy leading that, leading that drive to get him in the end zone and get that thing tied? That's why he was a five-star, uh, five and uh, that's why you have a leader like that. That's where you make your name. It's not beating a team 52 to nothing week three, right? It's it's how do you do in this moment where there is no alternatives? You have to fix everything at the line of scrimmage, and you have to negotiate us down the field, and he did it. Yeah, I mean, that's that's a legendary, as, as much history as Michigan has, that's another legendary moment for them, that drive. We're talking with Bill King from the Bill King Show. All right, the nightcap, obviously an exciting game. And, you know, I felt going in, Billy, that, you know, Penix would be the difference in this game. He would make the one or two special plays needed to beat Texas, and he did it, and Washington's going to play for a national championship. Who was, by the way, committed to the University of Tennessee, Mm. ready to sign with Tennessee, and Jeremy Pruitt's staff came in and told him he wasn't wanted. Mm. So he ended up at IU. Yeah. Anyways, yeah, incredible story. Now, Penix goes to IU, has that really good year in 2020. Caleb DeBoer is there at the time. He ends up getting the Washington job later, goes and gets Penix, and look where they're at. Phenomenal. They've got two first-round picks at wide receiver. Yep. They've got Penix. Uh, they've had some issues defensively, but that's fine. And uh, they're about a four-point underdog. Caleb DeBoer, right now in his career, John? Yeah. And his entire head coaching career has lost eleven games. Wow! <laughs> How about that? That's 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 pretty impressive. Uh, <laughs> who who do, who do you like in a championship? Well, we've got diverse thoughts here. First of all, it is kind of fitting that on the way out the door, if if Harbaugh is indeed going to leave for, let's say, the Chargers or the NFL. Mm-hmm. And that's unclear right now, but I think that's probably right. It is fitting that of he's the most hated guy in college football, right? I mean, it's not even close. <laughs> right, right. And, and the cheat, you know, they only win because they're cheating and all that, which I never bought. Right. But it is fitting that on the way out the door, a, a giant bleep you to the entire planet, which, <laughs> which we all know he's capable of doing. Right? Absolutely. He does not care about. It. That is funny. And then going against Washington, which is a sexier type team. I, I guess I like Michigan slightly, but I wouldn't. First of all, John, I bet Alabama. So my, my track record here last couple of days isn't good. Yeah. But, well, but I'm with you. I was going to bet Alabama. 
I was going to. I didn't. It's uh, I'd probably go Michigan slightly because of the lines of scrimmage, but the team with the playmakers is the team from Seattle. No doubt. Uh, a couple more with uh, Bill King here to open the show. Uh, Tennessee, obviously, they you know they spanked Iowa yesterday in the Citrus Bowl. I don't know about you, Billy, but I was insulted trying to watch that Iowa offense. That was just that was deplorable. I mean, everybody's praising Ferentz for winning those ten games despite that horrible offense. I mean, yeah, Nico was good, and you know that was a good defense that they were able to move the ball against. But you know, when when that offense, when Heupel's offense is clicking, I think they can move the ball against anybody. That Iowa offense, I was insulted having to watch that yesterday. That's as incompetent an offense as I can remember watching <laughs> from a coaching schematically. They do nothing, right? There is nothing that you can game plan seemingly that works. They can they, they can line up and run the ball a little bit. I'll give them that. The passing game is a disaster. Mm. I mean, absolute disaster. The quarterback got killed. Tennessee spent the entire day in the backfield. It was, and you know, give them their credit because the sure. defensive front is is a strength on that team. But yeah, Iowa is beyond bankrupt offensively, and his son. And I like Kirk Ferentz. I've known yeah. him a long time. Good dude. But nepotism, nepotism is true, and uh, he, son's gone. Brian Ferentz. That was his last game, I guess, fittingly. And I don't know if you're a coordinator. And they want to interview you. What do you? That could kill your career. I'm not yeah. sure what you do. Yeah. What you think of Nico? Uh, everything we hoped. Mm-hmm. There is nothing that he doesn't possess to be a superstar. He is. First of all, you want you want measurables. He's six six. Mm. Okay, that works, right? Mm. That yep. works. Yep. He has an incredible gifted arm, and you saw it. For a guy that long, he's very athletic, and he's even twitchy. So he, he scored three running touchdowns where he had to make a play. The sky's the limit there. The, 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 the sky is the limit. And, again, I lamented all year long why he was not getting reps. And, and mm-hmm. with all due respect to Joe Milton, the quarterback position for Tennessee from this moment forward will have a monster uh, jump up from what they had to play with this last year. Last question, Billy, and again, thanks for sticking uh, sticking yeah. around for a few minutes and talking with us. Who thought it was a good idea to put Liberty, A, in a bowl game, B, against Oregon? Well, obviously they qualified. They had a great year, but man, that was, uh, that was not close yesterday. <laughs> you realize that in a 12-team playoff next year's format, Liberty would have been in the playoff and they'd have played Florida State in the first round. It had been a 5-12 game. Wow. And that's why they're talking about limiting the number of non-P5 leagues. Mm-hmm. They haven't done that yet, meaning automatic bids, conference winners. And there's no – I like – Liberty is a well-coached team and a good program. And Jamie Chadwell is the new coach there who's from East Tennessee. He's from the Oak Ridge area. And he's the one that did the really good job at Coastal Carolina. He's a really good coach. But they do not belong in a 12-team playoff or a 14-team playoff or, or a bowl game of that magnitude. They just don't. Yeah. And uh, we saw that. They scored the first touchdown and then got killed. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, does Ryan Day survive this? Because Buckeye fan wants him out in Columbus. Between the Michigan uh, loss and, and this horrible showing in the, in the uh, bowl game the other night. He survives this year. Their AD, Gene Smith, longtime AD there, 
is retiring. Right. And Gene's not going to do anything on the way out the door here. He's got, I think he retires officially this summer. Mm-hmm. They've got a new president, Ted Carter, who's taken over. But this next year is the come to Jesus year. And if they fall short and then he's oh for the last four against Michigan, I think then they'll make a move. All right. Well, Billy, thank you so much for sticking around for a few minutes. We really appreciate it. Happy New Year. Have a great day. You too, sir. Appreciate it. All right. Bill King, you can catch him every morning on these airwaves from 6 a.m. to 9 a.m. Produced by Patton Cook, I might add. It's good to get Billy's insights. All right. So where's Pogey, you're wondering? (laughs) This guy. (laughs) Okay. First, Patton, I'm going to put him over. All right. Greg Pogue is a Hall of Fame sports writer. He's a he's a hard worker. He's a determined guy. You know, he's in many ways a self-made man. I have the utmost respect and love for that guy. But I don't know if you heard him call TSU over the weekend. 